welcome to the ghost gig. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. Good day everyone and welcome to the ghost gig. Hello. We are back. We are. We are. We never left. We never left. Or oh, did we? Ooh. Well, I mean, I, I think I did at oh, one point, but I came back, so it's okay. okay. Well, thank God for that. Um, so, hope you all had a good week, and we are discussing the brand new, or not brand new, when it's not brand new. No, it's not. I mean, it's brand new for me, because I haven't seen any of these films until we watched this, so it's it's the new Friday the 13th uh, film. New as of 12 years ago. Okay. I haven't seen either of them, so for there's, me there's, there's a long string actually, there's a lot of Friday the 13th films. Okay. With varying degrees of uh, critical reception. Okay, it's pretty bad actually, as, as a horror mm. fan I haven't seen Halloween, I haven't seen the original Friday the 13th, I haven't seen any, I've seen, I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street, but apart from that, yeah, That's I haven't really one. seen any of those kind of like early 2000 films, I haven't seen Although these, these are like 80s slashes is really it, actually, ah. 70s and 80s slashes is the ones you're listening, and then there's remakes, right. which came along in the 2000s, so I need one to be of which was one of the ones we looked at, of course. So, so I need to be educated in this field, so, yeah. Um, so we watched the newer version of yeah. Friday the 13th. this is the 2009 remake. Yeah. Or reinterpretation, reboot, whatever the yeah. hell it is. So we always do a rough kind of uh, overview of the film. Um, and I'm sure most of you will know this, but it's uh, a, a killer in a holiday camp goes mad and, and kills people, basically. We've already said slasher. Yeah. Everyone listening to this, even, even before you watched them, you knew it was going to be a slasher. Yeah. And actually, um, you know. with this, it's a group of teens looking for someone who's already disappeared, isn't it? So. Yes, they, they did attempt some fleshing out of story here. Yeah. So, that's <laughs> fair enough. not supposed to show any any opinions yet. That's not, um, that's not an opinion, that's just stating that they had... <laughs> they tried. <laughs> well, the, the franchise has been running for a long time, to give you some context. Right. So this, the, to try and find new ground, this is one of the less yeah. absurd ones. This is more true to its original So this will be point. interesting, because I have not seen the original, and Vince has. I believe. Yes, but yeah. most of the secret subsequences I haven't seen. Okay, I'm aware of them, but... But, you know, um, so, in, in, you know, shall I go first, as we usually do? Absolutely, yeah, thoughts? yeah. I'm, I'm poised and ready. Awesome. I'm eager to hear your thoughts. Okay. Right. Are you ready? Right. Yes. I know. Yes, I'm ready. I know you're absolutely petrified. And, and Always. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Minor chord. I'm already scared. Oh. Starts in black and white on a dark and stormy night Reintroducing everyone's favourite killer Folks plead and cry, shag and they die And the rest is mostly filler There's a slight nod to a storyline That you forget most of the time I couldn't connect to any character No matter how attractive they were It was mostly Dark and stormy night, reintroducing everyone's favourite killer. 
folks bleed and cry, they shag and they die, and the rest is mostly filler. There were moments that made me jump, but the tension wasn't there. Was the script written by stage school kids trying so hard to get their folks a scare? Folks bleed and cry, shag and they die, and the rest is mostly filler. It was unimpressive, more of a cash cow I'd be willing to bet. I just didn't care when they all died. I mean, what did they expect? <laughs> it starts in black and white on a dark and stormy night. Reintroducing everyone's favorite killer. Folks plead and cry, shag and they die, and the rest is mostly filler. That was my opinion. That's that's fair. Yeah. That's but fair. In the end, I mean, I, I didn't hate it. But I'm no, just fair like, I, didn't get, I didn't get the impression you did hate no. it from your, from your feedback there. No. I, I think that actually a really nice summary is the, what you're using as a chorus there. Yeah. yeah. That's. Right. That does give a pretty good yeah. summarisation of the thing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does what it says on the tin. Anyway. Absolutely. You, you, play no, yours you know what? Then, it does do what yeah. it says on the tin. Yeah. You do yours and then we'll, we'll discuss further. Okay. The cast all of the same. And I can't tell who's talking or fucking around with who They all are just caricatures The first act gets going kind of fast Now here's another set of characters you'll like even less Stuck in this cabin for ages With this bunch of vapid villains Wishing they will get taken to task By a mutant who's in a mask Not much to hold together No real suspense We are left trudging from one by a kill to the next past felt obvious a little lazy cynical and weary and you will end up missing the part that peaked too early and you'll think what's the point of all of this why is he wasting time on these fuckwits? They're satisfyingly taken to task By a poorly explained loner in a mask Guy missing his sister 
front Sister with told she looks lovely She's mom a final scare That's irritating Tacked on there For whatever reason Roll out identical cast And then chop them up If you really can't be Watching this bunch of vapid villains Want them all to be taken to task Wonder what I'll look like in this mask So I've been stuck in this cabin for ages Watching this bunch of fucking villains Want them all to be taken to task Wonder what I'll look like in this mask. I think we're both agreed then that we, we don't really give a shit about any of the cast. Or yeah, the yeah, I think I think we both got that from it. But I yeah. do think that that's probably what you're supposed to feel. Yeah. I mean, the character—they're not, not even characters. No. They're, they're completely one-dimensional. Aren't yeah, and they're supposed to be. Like, we're not supposed to like them at no. all. Like, you're supposed to. Uh, I get the impression like you want them to die, which clearly yeah. you did. Um, they are hateful. They are there as meat. Yeah. Um, you're like, yeah, kill the bastards. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I suppose you know, the monster is you because you want them dead. But <laughs> Ooh. I know, I know. But like, they are intentionally like just unlikable. Yeah. The, the only one who was not, that doesn't really apply to I think is the guy who was looking for his sister in that, I, in that I could actually recall what his face looked like he had that kind of angel vibe from Buffy you were just like oh god he's so boring I don't well, care well yeah he was kind of cottage cheese but he, he was cheese, supposed, supposed to like, be he's sort of supposed to be Captain Cardboard yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, d I didn't care about him no I didn't either I didn't care about any of them really no they were, they, that, that, what was of like a vague attempt at a storyline followed him. Yeah, that's um, what I said. They, they make an attempt. Yeah. But, I, I think it could have been interesting, like, the... There seems to be loads of bits of story they sort of suggested that and then they sort of forgot they even bothered with so they just yeah. stopped bothering. They know that the audience <laughs> just want the slashing <laughs> oh, and the violence. Oh, here's a locket. Oh, I don't know. Stop the locket. I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah. They, oh, here's they, a locket again. Yeah. They know that you just want the gore and the slashing the bite. That's what the audience want. Yeah. It wasn't a, a plot-heavy film. But, you know, it did what it said on the tin, as I, as I said. Yes. I yeah. think. And, yeah. I it haven't seen the original, thing. so you've got a different person. I haven't seen the I original. I can't remember it too well, but what I, I did think it was interesting about this one is that, you know, you're actually watching it for a good 20, 25 minutes before the titles come in. So you actually, you watch a whole film mm. that's basically the film in miniature. <laughs> I thought the, um, actually, the opening, the first right, I like the fact that we start with in black and white and all a bit kind of like... Oh, yes, that bit as well, yeah. But I, I would have liked to have seen more of his mum. Fair enough. Jason's I think that's a previous film. They actually yeah. were just using footage from a previous film, yeah. so that's why they didn't include it too uh, much. Okay. But it still seemed like a bit of a weird rationale. Mm. Um, you let him die, so I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Okay. That's As motivations go, that's kind of weak. Um, but like that, you know, that, those first set of people yeah. that you're introduced to that are actually fleshed out more than the following ones, to be honest, yeah, yeah. and are a lot less detestable. I mean, it was a lot less. Um, I mean, it wasn't great, but I was I enjoyed it far more than the last one. But and then twenty minutes later, they are all dead. Yeah. And then, then there's the title card, you're like, oh. And then the film actually starts, and then you have another set of characters that you yeah. dislike even more. There's some characters where you just, you, they're so annoying, you're just like, 
It's all right. They'll be dead soon. Yeah. When they are dead, like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Come on, Jason. <laughs> Deal with them, please. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was, it's a typical slasher film, isn't it? And it was, it was all right. I would, I would give it like, you know. It, it looked nice. There was, there was, it was five. That's probably fair. I think I'd go for broadly the same. Yeah. It did look pretty. Yeah, um, it was done well, but not very. It mm. was it was very much one dimensional. There was no depth to it at all. But if you're just looking for mm. a horror slasher, you know, if you, you want something murky, yeah, and gritty, because it was all of those things. It yeah. had a good atmosphere in that kind of thing. Yeah. But you, at no point were I don't know about you. You're not sitting there feeling scared. I was never scared. Um, <laughs> but no. that's you know not the end no. of the world. Um, but you know they had a quite consistent tone throughout. Yeah. I I still to this day couldn't tell which of the characters was actually. Who? Who? Yeah, so, yeah, so they're, 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 there's, there's conversations where they're trying to yeah. sort of vaguely set up some characters. All the lads look the like, same and all the girls look the same. So yeah, so like, like hang on, about? is this the one he's shagging or is this the one yeah. he's yeah, arguing with? Or is, so it, or is it the same much. person? I don't even know anymore. It was such a, just a vehicle for sex and seeing girls' tits. And as a woman, I found that saying, oh, for God's sake, I don't care. Obviously, I know I'm not the right audience for that, you know, as yeah. a straight female. But I was just like, oh. Well, contrast that with, say, Cabin in the Woods, which came out what the same year or the year afterwards yeah which is parodying all of that i know but, <laughs> but, but even making cabin, a better cabin in the woods was clever you yes know? and and entertain no this wasn't it was but cabin in the woods had a very had a quite a strong strong sort of storyline yeah you know which was intriguing this didn't but i'm not completely knocking it because no, compared to no. whatever it was we watched like boogeyman oh god boogeyman awful. was awful um yeah compared not to that, boogeyman was, boogeyman was a comedian oh, film. Was. okay compared to that <laughs> compared to that it was but, like you yeah. know like Hitchcock, you know, but um, yeah, I would I would say if you just want a bit of a laugh when you're a bit drunk, watch it, and and like play a drinking game to you know every time you see tits or something like that. I know that makes it sound like it's got a lot more boobs in it than it actually did. Loads of boobs in it. It's not that not frequently enough for a drinking game. No. No, I don't right. think so. Every time there's boobs, every time there's blood, you get you get hammered. Yeah, you'd probably be okay there. Yeah, do um, do more shots for blood or something. I don't know. I don't, it, uh... Maybe I don't have the right grounding and approach for looking at this kind of film. In that I don't really remember that much about the previous ones. But like, there's bits that they could have actually fleshed out that could have been in kind of interesting, like yeah. Jason taking hostages yeah. for whatever his motivation. Yeah. But like, that's kind of interesting. You could do something. She could have planned an escape yeah. while she was in the cell. There's other things she could have done that she just didn't. You know, you've forgotten about her completely by the time you she yeah, pulled back on screen. Like, oh crap! I thought you were long gone. The girl, I don't the girl really they're actually care. looking for. Yeah, I mean, you forget about it. You just think, oh shit, yeah, looking for someone, aren't you? I thought you were just all shagging and being killed. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But you know, as I said, if you just want a bit of a laugh and you're a bit pissed, go for it. Yeah, you know, it, it is worth it. It suits completely serviceable. There's nothing. Yeah awful about it no. there are awful slashes that wasn't one of them no it wasn't but it's, um, it's um and it's like, it, it did look pretty it that does make it's up for one a lot shot, but yeah it's, yeah, um, yeah yeah it is it, it's one for the slightly inebriated and which you just probably a... probably nice atmosphere if you if you happen to believe in the woods somewhere you probably probably you know resonate with it more maybe yeah um, i mean we obviously do live in the woods yeah know. yeah we live in a little mud hut obviously with no electricity so you know no he should have resonated with me Ah, uh, well, you just got too much luxury. Yeah. No more mud for you. <laughs> but yeah, um, so, you know, yeah, not, not, not great, but not awful. Wouldn't seek it out, but no. wouldn't avoid it. Wouldn't pay, to, wouldn't pay to see it in the cinema. Absolutely not, no. 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 Something like Midsummer, which we watched previously, I would have paid for that in the cinema, so I thought it was fantastic. But we'll get onto that, I'm sure, at another time. Or Us as well, brilliant film. Yes. I would have paid to see that in the cinema. 
um, but yeah this one have a look at it on I think it was Netflix we saw it um, yeah if you're a bit bored and you want to laugh and you're a bit pissed watch it absolutely yeah <laughs> otherwise don't bother <laughs> um, right well uh, it is my turn to tell some spooky stories and um, I'm going to tell some stories about our local area. Now I've lived here for quite a few years, but Vince is reasonably new to the area. So I thought I would introduce you to some spooky tales of our town, or the town of Tombridge Wells. So Ooh. are you ready for this? Hang on, let me just... Okay, he's just getting himself comfortable. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm yeah. set, I'm okay. poised. Are you sure? Yes. Because, yeah, okay, all right. He's, uh, he's got a cushion to hide behind. Yeah, okay. you don't have to hold my hand if it gets too yeah, scary. Yeah. Okay, so... Or better still, we actually go and visit these places. Well, you've been to these places, you just don't Ooh. know what's lurking. Oh, 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 no, I like that, that's okay. a nice angle. So we start with the Pantiles. Okay. Now the Pantiles is um, at the bottom of Tunbridge Wells and it's a very nice kind of cobbled area with lots of um, cafes, bars, restaurants, pubs. There's a big band saying you have live music on in the summer. Um, and, and at Christmas time, um, there's lots of like... You should give context here, because when, when the town was founded, that's what it was built around. Oh, that's true, Because yes. this, this town was built as a Regency holiday resort, well, actually, like a Tudor holiday resort or something, so but that's where that's where the wells were first yes. built. It was the Pantiles, and they put some restaurants and stuff around it. Yeah. And, and the town grew from the Pantiles. So Tommy Wells began from the Pantiles, and you've also got, like, the Pantiles Springs, where it is, it's... Uh, there's a spring of water, natural water, that comes out, which is supposed to be really good for you. Um, I've tried it and it's vile, but, you know, there you go. It's because it's good for you. <laughs> um, but but for context, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. It, is, it, is a, it is an attraction in the town yeah. and it's, it's supposed yes. to be that. It always has yes. been. We, we, you know, we go there often. It's a nice place. Um, but, so, we start with the Pantiles. The Pantiles are said to be haunted by at least 20 spooks. Wow, spooks, and it's, it's like 200 yards long, so that's quite a dangerous It's quite, well, it's quite old, the Pantiles. So Mary, it is, it is. Mary Jennings, a rather large drunken woman, is said to like have haunted the Pantiles. She is said to have be, been observed by two women sheltering under, under a tree from a sudden downpour. Now, it doesn't say when this was. A disembodied female voice can be heard calling the name Daniel in the area known, known as well as a... Sorry, in the area as well as a horseman dressed in a uh, in mauve on the back of a black horse. And this is around the coach and passage area, which is near the Sussex. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know what we're talking about. Okay. Dressed in mauve. Okay. Dressed in mauve. So the coach and horse's passage is said to be haunted by a man who hung himself from a beam. Now, I've heard about this. Um, and was mugged of all his money. So he's mugged and then hung. And um, some say you can still hear the beam creeping from the weight of the invisible rope. A female ghost is said to haunt Friend's Passage. Local people believe the ghost to be the, the wife of James Friend, once the owner of the Hand and Scepter in 19th century, which I'm guessing is a pub that has, is no more there, no longer there. Uh, yes, the Scepter, I think, is reused as a name for something else. Yes. But I know that passage. I, I always yeah. commented, I didn't know it was named after a person. Yes. Because there, there is Friends Passage, and it's a little, it has a, you know, a, a street sign on it saying Friends yeah. Passage. I, you know, I take a picture saying, yeah. Friends Passage. Yeah. Um, exactly. Um, uh, I didn't know it was named after a person, so yeah. actually that's quite nice to know. It's interesting. So that, that little passageway seems to have about three ghosts. And that's a really either. short passage. Yeah. It's, it's not you, a, you're through it in about five seconds. Yeah, yeah, it's a really narrow yeah. old little alleyway. Yeah, between a, is it between two yeah. hotels or something? Yeah, well, it's... it's I, isn't that, yeah, so it's between the, I believe, the, the uh, Pantos Hotel and the Ragged Trousers? Something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it goes, it goes to the main road that bypasses the yeah. main part of the town centre. Yeah, so there's about three spooks in there. Wow. Great. 
Um, I like the idea of a large drunken woman just Absolutely. kind of rambling around. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Well, let's hope she finds Daniel. Let's hope so. So yeah, I myself have never heard that, but I like that's cool. I will be listening out for that because we're down there for a while. Um, so this is interesting. So next, I come to a case of a time slip in Tunbridge Wells, and I'm guessing we know what a time slip is. It's, it's where you, well, it's where you you find yourself inexplicably in another time period, and you, you don't know how it's happened, and then you kind of get back to your own time. So. Um, a number of curious cases, all from Kent, but we're obviously just focusing on the Tunbridge Wells, um, focuses on people suddenly finding themselves misplaced in time and space. This is the Tunbridge Wells story. On the morning of the 18th of June, 1968, an elderly lady, Mrs Charlotte Walburton, went shopping with her husband in town. They decided to go their separate ways for a while and then meet up later. Unable to find a particular brand of coffee from her usual grocer, she went into a supermarket in Calvary Road. She entered the shop and she saw a small cafe through the entrance of the left-hand wall. It's a bit like Harry Potter in Diagon Alley, isn't it? (laughs) She had never before realised there was a cafe there. It looked old-fashioned with wood-panelled walls. There were no windows and the room was lit by a number of electric light bulbs with frosted shades. There was, at the time, she thought, nothing especially odd about the scene. Two women in rather long dresses were sitting at one table and about half a dozen men, all in dark lounge suits, were sitting at other tables further back in the room, she said. All the people were drinking coffee and chatting. A normal sight from a town, uh, town, country town at 11 o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even now, this was in the mm-hmm. 60s. Mrs Warburton did not say, or stay, but she certainly did not recognise anything amiss, either then or for several days. Even rather the informal and slightly off-key clothing made no immediate impression on her, nor did the fact that the customers were talking and there was no noise from them that caused her to question her senses, nor that there was no smell of coffee. I mean, you'd have thought really, wouldn't you? Yeah, okay, wait, it's completely silent in here and I can't smell coffee in a coffee shop. Maybe she was deaf, I don't know. Or maybe she just wasn't like, completely like unaware of her surroundings. I mean, I've noticed. I think she was carrying massive bags of shopping or something, but no. there being no noise from anyone? I mean, I've noticed. I'm totally busy. clueless, so hey. And I'm it's still a very strange phenomenon. Weird. Though, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so it goes on. There is clearly nothing, there is clearly something strange here. Well, quite. Yet, without questioning the circumstances, Mrs. Warburton blithely left the cafe and went to meet her husband. And she did not suggest to him that the scene in the cafe had seemed in any way odd. When they came to Tunbridge Wells on their next shopping expedition, Mrs. Warburton decided to take her husband to the cafe, or rather she hoped to. But of course, they never did find the place, although they searched the street up and down. No, they were told in the supermarket there was no cafe. She must have been in the wrong building. And then they learned that there was a Cosmos Kinema, which stood on the side of the supermarket. It had a small cafe. They were directed to Tunbridge Wells Constitutional Club, where the steward told them that at one time the club had owned a premises adjoining the Cosmos, which was now incorporated into the supermarket. The club had had an assembly room in those days and had a rear small bar with tables for refreshments. Mrs. Warburton's description tailored exactly with the club's old refurbishment room. Of course it did, yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. The bar, the cinema and the assembly room had all vanished years ago, Mrs. Warburton was told. Yet on the 18th of June, 1968, 
She had stepped into the past like and, like others involved in time slips, had accepted without question the place that she found herself in. Retrospective clairvoyance, it is called. Whatever it is, it is mightly, mighty odd to contemplate. I still Certainly find it weird that she didn't have... She was like, hmm, that's a bit weird. I mean, I would be like... I don't know. I, I mean, maybe she went in and thinking, well, everyone here is very polite. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. You know, I'm just thinking through it. You know, your mind can justify... Yeah. All sorts of strange things you see in here, or in yeah, this case, but maybe it's just that kind of human thing of because I've heard stories about other time slips on other podcasts, and it's always the same. So people going, oh, oh, right then. <laughs> like, people appear a bit odd. It's, you know, maybe well, people in Tumbridge Wells. You don't like kick that. up a fuss if you encounter things that are odd necessarily, do you? Unless it's scary or threatening, you just sort of going to go. Oh, I mean, here's a bit unusual. And then, yeah. Well, maybe I won't. I won't kick up a fuss. Yeah. Maybe it's the very British thing. Oh, don't don't question it. So there's a little bit extra on here, so it's just a bit of kind of like, you know, you know, thinking about it. It's difficult to grasp the notion of time slips. It might be that all the past events are impressed into the fabric of buildings, and that in some way, on occasions, they are released. In other words, Mrs. Warburton saw ghosts, but were not solely of people of their surroundings. Or did she actually return to the real physical, physical past? Did they turn up as strangers? Were they interlopers at someone else's present? If so, and this is intriguing yet an unanswerable question, um, did some of the people drinking coffee in that cafe see Mrs. Warburton? That's what I'm exactly what I'm wondering because yeah. someone would have looked at her and thought, well, she looks a bit peculiar. Yeah. Did the coffee drinkers ever wonder who that elderly lady was and why she went so soon and why she was dressed so strangely? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, and. I believe there's another. Yeah, so strangely, Tumbridge Wells has thrown up another odd story that may or may not have been a time slip. This tale goes back to some time in the mid-19th century and took place at the Swan Hotels and the Pantiles. That is now the Pantiles Hotel. It's an excellent oh, right. Lady. Yes. Um, right opposite the bandstand. Uh, Mrs. Nancy Fuller and her young daughter, Naomi, was on their, a visit to the town and took a room at the top of the hotel. As they climbed the stairs to their room, the girl's behaviour started to change. She appeared more and more agitated, closing her eyes and whispering to herself. When their mother, her mother asked her what was wrong, Naomi replied that she recognised a stairway and she had been there before. Well, that's deja vu, isn't it? I Certainly. We all had Sounds a bit of that, like it. We? Then she came out with the astounding remark that her lover was waiting for her in the room and she knew he always would be. When they entered the room, the young girl went to, once to the corner, calling out John, as if someone was standing there waiting for her. A few seconds in her mother's eyes, she seemed to change. She seemed to grow older, and even her clothing was earlier of the time. The story that Naomi later told her mother was that she had previously lived in the building, um, which was owned by a privately owned house. It was a privately owned house. This was certainly before 1835, when it had become the Swan. In the days when Naomi had lived there, it had been known as a high house. I might have to Google what that is. The young girl went on to explain that she had had a love affair with a man called John, but her father had disapproved, and the young man had been taken away and locked her up. Uh, The father had locked her up in her room. Alone, and aware she would never see her again, she had conjured up the image of John, and holding her hand uh, of her imagined her lover, she'd imagined her lover holding his hand and had jumped to her death from the window. Wow. So room 16, which is the one she was in, is haunted. And it just so happened by her that, previous life. Yeah, and just so happened that that was the room they were put in. It's also quite strange, and I can't imagine there's too many occurrences of someone... Oh, yeah, okay, so firstly, like, knowing they have a past life, and yeah. then going back to a site 
of their past life unknowingly. And like, being that's, put in that that's exactly quite strange. Put in, put in that same room mm. again. I'm just seeing if there's any more on this. Yeah. And, and then she was able to re- recant all of this to her current mother. Yeah. That's that's quite interesting. Like being, being in this place triggered the memories. Mm. Um, and it just ends. There are still tales of a disarray, disarranged bed covers and of chairs being moved and tappings at the window for people who've stayed there previously. Mm-hmm. Some have claimed to hear the cry of John carried on the wind. Calling out for John? Or yeah, like, John. John replying? Okay. No, calling out John! I mean, that might just be drunk people, you know, but hey. I mean, it is the Pantiles nowadays. <laughs> that's probably what's happening. Yeah. But it could be other but I like that, yeah. you know, it's, mm. this girl pre- presumably had no idea. Uh, yeah, I'm quite sure. And then she went to the room and it, like, triggered this whole kind of creepy memory, which is mad, really, when you think about it. It is, because I mean, you just think of well, what's the chances yeah. of and all they, the towns and of all the you know, stuff. Paraphrasing yeah. that film, but still. Of all the films. Exactly. But they, they, I had to go to this room. Yeah. You know, they researched it, and this was a thing. It's mad. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they did. It doesn't sound like we know for sure, but she was able to recall a lot of information. I mean, I know a lot of the staff in that hotel because I used to play them. I could get in there and have a look. Probably not, but you know. Hey, we can ask go and see room sixteen. Yeah. Can we please? I do. I do, and I, look, I do know a fair few people who work there. Let's so. go and see if we can find John. Yeah. Well, we won't find John. Will we, we won't find John. John, wasn't, John might... wasn't there. That was the problem. Oh, one of events you might be triggered. They're Johnless. You might. You might be. You might be craving John if we go there. So mate, you. Yeah. Well, I, I we all meet John. <laughs> but ah, that, yeah, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we, we definitely, yeah, definitely should have a look at that. Because this is literally like 10 minutes. So I've only ever gone into that hotel to use the loop. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. They have live music outside, and uh, instead of having to kind of pay, you know, go to a pub and buy a drink, you just kind of just like skip. You know, just sort skirt, of shuffle skirt your way into the loop shuffle through the uh, the waiting staff yes. pretending you're, you're yes. staying there yeah I'm staying the here I'm staying here yeah. Yeah. so I just need the loop yeah oh no yeah they don't care anyway but we yeah who knows who knows so mm. that is that is that now my next this one is my my favourite okay okay so were you aware that Tunbridge Wells has got its own Bigfoot <laughs> I was not <laughs> I had never considered that this would be um, something I'd need to be cautious of. Um, <laughs> so bearing in mind we're quite a middle class, you know, town. We, we have the piss taken out it's of us a lot. so middle college. class. Yeah. So the fact that we supposedly have our own Bigfoot is hilarious, you know. I'm sure it has excellent footwear. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably wears Prada. Mm. Whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know. But, but there's a big common really near the town centre, so I can imagine is this is where we're going to go. Yes. It's, it's, it's expansive, isn't it? It's huge. It, it, it extends yeah. a long way out to the edge of town into yeah. the countryside. So, like, so Tommy Dwells is, yeah, surrounded by countryside, like miles and miles and miles of countryside. Mm. So, hey, who But knows? the countryside extends via the common through yeah. right through the town yeah. centre. Like, and I've actually it's... heard the beast of Tommy Dwells being mentioned on other paranormal podcasts. Is that, a, is that the same... Thing or is it as a different? Yeah, the beast of uh, Tommy Giles is is the Bigfoot. Tommy oh right, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I'm accustomed to beasts of other locations. Yeah. So. Okay, so but he's well, as you'll see, it's not just Tommy Giles that this thing has been spotted. It seems to be the beast of Kent, but he seems to favour Tommy Giles apparently. But apparently not Sussex. No. Oh no, no God no. No, right, don't okay. go there apparently. Okay. Um, right. So would you like to hear about the beast of Tommy Giles? I I think I would. Okay. So, well, the Beast of Kent, because it sounds like it goes prowling. So. Yeah. So, residents of Royal Tunbridge Wells claim they have a giant ape-like beast running around. So that's around. The, the very first time you use the word royal. Royal. Well, I'm just reading. Because no one says royal. Oh, I'm reading. 
So, so running bug, around, a bugbear around here. Running around, the, I don't, I don't care personally, but yes, I think it's like, a bit we're royal tumbled. I think it's a bit dumb enough itself anyway. Oh well, yeah, agreed. But you know, whatever. Um, so running around the nearby countryside, hence the common and the surrounding fields and trees. The eight-foot creature is said to have demonic red eyes and long arms, and was spotted by a walker in the woods beside the, the town's common. The man told the son, so we take that with a pinch of salt. But there's ran. a lot of condiment involved here, isn't yeah. there, Mr. Son? But, but it's not just, as you'll see, it's not just the son. But he ran off after the beast roared at him. So that probably was just a drunk eight, person. Eight foot tall person, <laughs> red, red glowing eyes, is it? Yeah, wow. demonic long arms. I mean, if you're eight foot tall, you're going to have long arms. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, probably just a rugby player. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, um, I've lost my place. Tarquin! Tarquin, yes. <laughs> Pinky! <laughs> mm. According to the community website, Tunbridge Wells um, people, the Kentish Ape Man was first seen on the Commons 70 years ago during World War II. A contributor, Graham S., told how an elderly couple famously had seen it in 1942, but, and, but local Andy Snyder said, I don't believe it. Well, a lot of people won't believe it. A paranormal investigator is probing a sighting in Tunbridge Wells of the legendary Kentish Ape Man. Um, so this is kind of his finding. So, so it was during the early forties as well. So so, well, okay. so the first sighting was in 1942. Okay, and Graham S is telling the story of someone he knows who's seen it. Basically. Right. Okay. okay. Graham S hasn't seen it. So we're getting a what a third-hand account here. Yeah. So suspiciously, the details on the latest encounter. There are no details on it really on the latest sighting. What was the latest sighting? Sorry. So the latest sighting was like a few years ago, but. One resident known as Graham S. apparently um, went to explain how when he was working as a painter in the house of an elderly lady, she regaled him of a tale coming face to face with the ape man on the common during World War II. So Graham S. is a painter who met an old lady who had apparently seen it during the war. Um, so his chilling account read, are you ready? <laughs> okay, okay. So this is through, through the old lady, through Graham S. One particular day, she was on the common with her husband and was sitting on a bench when they became aware of a shuffling noise behind them. Upon turning around, her and her husband saw what she described as a tall, hairy, ape-like creature with eyes that were burning red and it was moving towards them at a slow pace. <laughs> they observed this creature for some time until they became afraid and then they both fled, terrified. She went on to say that they told the police and members of their family thinking it was a gorilla that had escaped from the zoo but were laughed at and not believed. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, I think, it's, you know, making your own fit with an eight-foot-tall, something is coming towards you. Are gorillas eight-foot-tall? I don't think they are, no. no. But, but you know, a, a, an eight-foot-tall being yeah. lumbering towards you, yeah, I think I'd move too. That's, yeah, that's I would, fine. I, mean, I, I would move quicker, to be honest. It, yeah. So a Rochester paranormal expert has gathered further eyewitnesses from you know, sightings of this ape man. A girl called Charlotte was in Dartford, driving home from the University of Kent, so we're, we're forward a bit more, this is 1991. Okay. Saw a creature with long arms and knee, long arms and knees, which came uh, came up un and walked from under its chin as it walked. So it came up from under its chin as it walked. Does that make sense? No. Okay, that's what it says. I don't quite know what that means. Maybe it was on Knees pause. under its chin? Came up under its chin as it walked. No idea. I don't know. That's just bad grammar or I'm missing something. Uh, yeah. 
Not sure. 1991. That was in 1991. Also, around that time, five members of the Territorial Army fought off the beast with stones and verbals on Bluebell Hill, which is a whole other episode, um, outside Maidstone, while in Chatham, a young girl with her partner saw the ape man appear, then run off into the bushes. So it's believed that the ape man is a paranormal phenomenon related to folklore of the wild men of the woods, although it's admitted that it's a big ask to prove it. So, um, Not believers, that much woodland left around no. here either, to be honest. Believers say it's a very touchy subject in the sense that these things are not really normal, you don't say. I get some unusual reports. There have been reports all over England, but we can never prove such, such a thing. Mm-hmm. The alternative explanation is that Kent has its very own yeti, a very much flesh, flesh and blood animal. Anyone who's been to Medway Towns or Dartford on a Saturday night will doubtless be able to prove with such shocking stories of a demon-eyed creature staggering out of nightclubs to terrify young women before disappearing off into the bushes or onto a nearby kebab shop. I mean, abso- Maybe it's a absolutely, tale. <laughs> absolutely. But I was, I was going to stay away from such comparisons for the purposes of this. Yeah, but, yes, well, as I, said, I don't particularly agree with that, but, you know. Um, I think that because there are reports of similar sorts of sightings across the UK, there's a, whatever, it's a saying or it's a family or whatever. Yeah. You know, that sort of sighting is not particularly unheard of and of course there's, there's Bigfoot itself yeah um, whole other can of whatever yeah uh, but yeah so it's a third hand account being printed in a paper that bought the story from someone who, so he's, he's inclined to elaborate so that he can sell his story it's a little bit problematic Absolutely. I don't believe this but I think it's nice to have a kind of little like folk you know folklore around the place but what folklore is, is nice and folklore is important what is interesting is that there have been more sightings since world war Two. not True. all printed in the sun um no, and I, don't I don't know i think it might be pranksters it might be maybe there's a certain like group of people who think it's funny to go out and pretend to be uh, maybe i don't know i think i think there's also the problem that once you plant the seed of an idea in people's heads they'll think they've seen yeah. that yeah when actually it was it, it uh, you know it could be a combination of other it was a tall person or some bizarre shadows or yeah I mean if you're a bit drunk who knows you know on whatever you don't you know you see all sorts don't you I mean I don't yeah, know yeah feasibly but I, I'm thinking more of the case of if it's low light and you see someone approaching from the wrong angle you could then limbs are going to look really long because the shadow will be yeah. long and you can't distinguish them from the shadow things like that I mean drunk people are always wanting the common aren't they and, and it might just yes. be a really tall bloke that is actually that too few too many well like, you, you are right there's, there's a common occurrence it is a common place to go yeah. at night when you don't wish to be located easily. Yeah. Because it's near enough town and there's, there's pathways and not much in the way of lighting and not much in the way of roads but it's lots of clumps of woodland and things. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, maybe it was just a really hairy, really tall man who lived for a long time. Or he had kids. Well, he had kids and said, now, there's a family tradition. <laughs> when I die... Yes, maybe. <laughs> you must do this. Avenge my death. <laughs> But yeah, I don't, I don't believe that one. But I think it's, I think it's quite cute to have like a bit, of, you know, a little legend. You know, you tell you, oh, don't go out after dark because the ape man will get you. You know, it doesn't sound like it's man. one of those kind of occasions. If no, I but I think I quite like that the town has this, you know. Little I, bit you of know, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised there's that much activity on the pantiles because, as I said wow. earlier, it's not a big expanse of space. Speaking it's of a very that. short stretch of paved, you know, pedestrianised yeah. road. Speaking of which, I have one more story for you about the pantiles. Excellent. And, um, I'm going to start off with a little bit of my own uh, experience here. Now we're going to talk about the Grey Lady, which is obviously named the Grey Lady for a reason. So this is a pub. You have to provide some context. Yeah, so this pub, is a, you know, a, a pub, pub restaurant. I was going to. Thing. So 
the Grey Lady is um, a restaurant and a music venue. Yes. And the music venue is upstairs, and the restaurant, very good restaurant by the way, would highly recommend, is downstairs. Music's not bad either. Uh, yeah, music's pretty good. Um, and I first went to the Grey Lady as quite a young kid. I went with a friend of mine, and I went to use the loo, and. It wasn't anything I saw, anything I heard, but I, I used the toilet, came out, washed my hands, looked in the mirror, and I had this overwhelming sense of absolute dread and fear, which has happened to me a few times in my life. And I just did not want to be in there, basically. And I still get that feeling now and that we've been there plenty of times, we go there quite frequently, and I still don't particularly like going to the toilet. But anyway, this particular time, I was being about 11 or 12, and I came down and I sort of said, oh, you know. I was scared in there. And the person I was with was like, oh yeah, what's the grey lady? It's haunted. And I was like, I want to go now, please. But, you know, we had, you know, food. So, you know, but... Um, so and as you said, the food is quite nice. So you don't, you don't nice. really want to abandon it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's, you know, when you, you look in the mirror and you sort of imagine seeing a face behind you and it felt very, very real. Even mm-hmm. though I didn't, I didn't see, I'm not going to lie, I didn't see anything, but it very much no. felt like there was something behind me. Like, you know, when you, you, your, your skin prickles, the back of your neck prickles, you feel like there's something there. And there wasn't, but it was, and I still get that feeling when I go in there now. Um, you, you'll see, I mean, if anyone, <laughs> there's people who might, might, who know me listening to this may have gone to the to Grey Lady with me. If I ever go to the loo, I am very, very quick because I do not feel comfortable in there at all. So I thought I'd just do... I wonder if others have experienced a similar kind of phenomenon or staff know. or something or past Maybe. stuff. Well, we did a ghost tour there and, and there's absolutely, you know, so, well, that's, so I'm going to tell you, just to finish this off, it's, it's just a little a little story. Um, so, um, so a little further up the pantiles, you will find the Grey Lady, which plays home to its own ghost. As with most ghost stories, there are many different theories as to who the spirit was during their living days. One theory is that back in the 1700s, the restaurant was a house of ill repute, and the grey lady was the madam of the house. One of the girls working there is said to have gone missing, and the legend of the ghost story is that the old woman still looks out of the window, terrifyingly passes by, hoping for the young girl to return to the house. So it's quite a short one, but that, that's the theory behind it. Okay. Rumour has it the Pantile's place to a host of spirits, spooks, shadows, and shades roaming around the historic estate. Have you ever felt a presence? Have you ever spotted any ghostly figures lurking amidst the many shops and eateries? The answer is no, but we hope to. Um, yeah, so um, a madam, it was a, it was a brothel, madam basically. Brothel, what sounds yeah. like uh, the great lady is uh, supposedly. Okay, I mean, yeah. it's, it's definitely one feasible story. I've no idea if that used yeah. to be a brothel or not because, I mean, the, the Pantiles, as I said earlier, is the centre of was the centre of the town, the leisure centre, and it was a, yeah. a town built for leisure purposes. Yeah. So yeah, there would have been brothels around. And, Absolutely. I mean, it would have been uh, that would have been in a very key location. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be very prominent. And it's very old, so there's, there's bound to be, you know bound to be haunted I think if you believe in that stuff that's quite um, I did go on a ghost tour of the Pantiles not that long ago and um, yeah that story came up so it's definitely what is believed that okay. it's uh, the madam of a brothel who haunts I mean if nothing else I can see why the current venue would want to perpetuate the story because yeah. it's a pretty good story it's a pretty good story and you know it's, it's, uh, it's also as you found it's quite quick and easy to tell so you can tell your patrons at the, at the dining yeah. table yeah. You know, to keep them interested in your venue, so yeah. it's good. And that's where we ended at the end of the tour. That's where we ended up because it's supposed to be the kind of the most well-known story. Although mm. I had not heard it before, actually, till till I went on the ghost tour. But yeah, so I hope you're now generally a little bit acquainted with, you know. Well, it sounds like there's plenty of other uh, 
spectres and the exciting stuff to talk about on the pantiles and I around I think there town, is, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I need to have a little, little more look into it. But, yeah, I mean, if anyone's interested, do do come and have a walk around and have a look. It's a very nice place to have a drink, have, a, have some food. Um, but, yeah, you, is, do, is. you take a ghost tour. You can have a look on the common and look for Bigfoot. Um, yeah, it's all in good fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that is my little... Uh, Haunted tour around Tunbridge Wells. Oh, didn't even have to get my legs achy. That was you good. didn't. No, I can tell you, absolutely terrified. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I think we'll, we'll probably go down there and see what we can find soon. I am. There's another alley, alley on the Pantiles, which I won't say the name of because I don't in case you find anything in the future. Mm. But I'm curious to see, firstly, why it's called that name, but also if there's anything to do with that because there's. Okay. Hmm, I'm just curious to see if in the coming weeks, months, whatever. Yeah. We discover some other things about the pantiles because I think it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I Sometimes think there are plenty. I think there are more stories that can come from Tom Rolls. But uh, for now, that I'm going to draw a line for that. For now. Fair enough. I shall and close I'll, the book for the moment. I shall. So thank you very much for listening, um, and we will see you next time on the Ghostscape. See you Goodbye. next time. Do you have a spooky real life ghost story that you'd like us to read out on the show? Or maybe you'd like us to take a musical look at your favourite horror film. Then drop us an email at ghostgiguk at gmail.com.